0: Hello, my name is Tucker Johnson, and you are experiencing NIMSY Live, where we talk about the latest and the greatest in translation, localization, internationalization, culturalization, and all that fun stuff that global companies need to delight their international customers. On this program, we like to invite guests who like to have fun and have some value to add for our audience of globalization professionals. And I am always eager to provide a platform for those with a good story or a good data set. Um, We have all sorts of different types of people on the the show, everywhere from CEOs to to grad students, all over the spectrum. So let us know if there's any topics out there that you'd like covered or guests that we should reach out to for future episodes. And if you're watching this on LinkedIn, um, then welcome. If you're watching it, I need to turn on the other ones, I think, because I think we're only live on LinkedIn. Um, Bam. Now we're live on YouTube, we are live on Facebook, and we are live on Twitter as well. And the reason it's important that we're live on all those different events is because LinkedIn can kind of get wonky sometimes and um, kick us off of the stream. So if that happens, if the stream cuts short, then head on over to YouTube, Nimsy's YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of that stuff. And while you're over there, make sure to like, and subscribe, all of that. If you do subscribe to Nimsy or follow us on LinkedIn, then of course, you're going to be the first to know about new programming that comes out from Nimsy insights. Uh, one quick plug before we get back, get into it here. I need to talk to you about our sister programs over at Multilingual Television or Multilingual TV. We've got Last Week in Localization with Sarah Hickey. We've got The Venn Diagram with Michael Reed, Tepe with Juanma Lopez, uh, Open World with the Terra Localization team, Malavlados uh, with Javi. I'm Not sure if he's still doing that one, but it's awesome. Go watch the archives. And, of course, the C-Suite Hot Seat, which is sponsored by NIMSI as well, where we interview... CEOs from LSPs um, and ask them, what's your special sauce? How do you make it work? So if any of these programs sound interesting, go on over to MLTV by searching for Multilingual Media on YouTube and subscribe to that channel. Next, really quickly, let's get into some upcoming events that we have here in the language services industry. If you're not already aware, uh, NIMSI Insights, as well as Multilingual, we um, both publish delightful calendars here for the um, events that we have upcoming in our industry. If you've been in the industry for a while, then you know that we love our events. So make sure to go over here and check these out. Um, of course, Gala is happening, um, and uh, along with Game Global, Ascend, DigimarCon and Global Saki are coming up. And that's just this week that we're looking at there. All right, let's see. Am I, am I done with the intros here? Dear Lord, I hope I'm done with the intros. No, a little bit about the platform. We're here on LinkedIn. Um, it's a live stream on LinkedIn. We like to do things on LinkedIn because everybody's already here on LinkedIn. All of our followers are already here. It's a professional platform. Um, it's a great platform for hosting these events. So um, one of the things you saw the intro videos, one of the things you can do is hit the the reaction buttons. You can hit those as many times as you like during the live stream. And any comments that you make during the live stream, we should be bringing up on, on screen right here, roundabouts, and um, reading any questions that you have for the audience. So, without further ado, let's get right into today's topic, shall we? Uh, today's topic is blockchain. Blockchain and cryptocurrencies. What, is, what are they all about? For those, for those of us in language services, there are these are both areas with plenty of new concepts to wrap one's head around. What's real? What's hype? Why should we know about it? In today's show, we're going to talk to some experts, although they might blush if I call them blockchain experts, but they're, they're the closest, closest thing to blockchain experts I, I can find, and they're better than blockchain experts because these are, these are literally the only people I can find who have that good intersection between localization and blockchain. So let me get into and in, introduce our guests here, starting with Lucrecia. here. Lucrecia is our first guest and she's the person that I first reached out to on this because I saw her presentation at, it was a gala, gala remote event and it was one of the only folks talking about blockchain and it, it's, it's just a great, if, if you're a Gala member, go over and check out her her um, presentation. I think it was back in March. It's just a nice high-level overview of what um, blockchain is all about. Um, next, we have... Uh, am I on the right screen here? <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Next, we have Scott Jackson. Scott Jackson works with Lucretia, actually, and um, is the resident blockchain subject matter ex- expert, amongst other things, at um, Translation Backs. Back office. So, it's a little bit about translation back office. So their um, tra- translation back office facilitates global communications between cultures and peoples. They are one of the largest outsourcing partners of the language services industry, with 150 in-house staff members in five different offices spanning the globe. Any, any, um, allowing them to operate 24 seven and support almost any language and their dialects around the world. So, go check out translation back office because next I'm going to tell you to, and check out crest Deck because yoko chiba comes to us from crest Deck where she is the crest Deck, usa where she is the chief operating officer and she is coming to us from japan this is an entirely asian apac region panel besides me today so um crest Deck is your of course your single source for digital media printing and localization with over 30 global locations 1600 plus team members Yoko, welcome to Nimsy Live. Everybody, welcome to Nimsy Live. And, and and I'll turn it over to you guys. I'll, I'll shut up here. Did I get all that right? Did I mess anything up? Anybody's titles?
1: <laughs>
0: this is looking good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, the the last guest that we have here today is of course our chat. So if you're joining us live, make sure to you know leave your your comments and questions over in the chat so that we can get you um, so that we can respond to those and. Make sure that those responses are remain on LinkedIn, y- YouTube, and all over the place where this is going to remain live afterwards. So, ladies, gentlemen, welcome to NIMSY Live. I've, I've given you each an introduction, but I'd, I'd also like to, to allow you guys each some time to tell us not just about who you are and what you do, but give us a quick intro to what experience do you have researching or using blockchain technology, um, and how has this come up in your career? Just... For our so our audience knows like all right, this is how we're this is who we're talking to here today, And christy I'll, I'll start with you. Why don't you go first here
1: okay, sure, uh I'm very happy to be here um I think what everything you do for the industry uh is amazing, you and Renato and the rest of the team um well
0: there's checks in actually, the mail, thank you for saying that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you know, uh, I work with the most amazing people around the world. We have different offices around the world. And uh, that, um, Scott, is he has a mission at Translation Back Office, and that's educate the rest of um, the company, everyone at Translation Backoffice, uh, about blockchain. We started doing uh, with Yoko a uh, blockchain project. Uh, we started a year ago in two different languages. And that's basically how we started. Um, So, yeah, that's the story about uh, why we started being interested about this topic.
0: So, Uh, same same reason a lot of us get interested in a lot of things, because a client asked us to get interested. (laughs) Exactly.
1: But I want to point out that Scott is the real expert here. He really knows everything. He's like a blockchain god
0: okay okay uh, i'm
1: very happy that he's here also (laughs)
0: i'll I'll ask him the hard questions then i you know you know scott i don't know enough in order to ask you the hard questions i don't think (laughs) but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try the Uh, first question is easy tell us a little bit about yourself
2: sure well uh i live in uh argentina Uh, i've been here for about 10 years um uh i've been working Full-time is in the translation industry um, for about six years now, um, doing uh, QA, proofreading, also translation, but also involved in uh, the vendor management side. And I'm kind of like the head of the, the QA department for all the translations that uh, we do that go into English. Um, and... Um, the subject of uh, blockchain um, has has been interesting uh, to me for a long time. Uh, I used to work um, in the market research field, uh, starting a couple of decades ago, and was a, a research analyst mainly in the in the area of consumer technology, consu- uh, technology development, lots of different things like that. So. Um, I kind of had blockchain on the radar for a long time, and then kind of when the coronavirus uh, pandemic started, mm-hmm. uh, like many people, I sort of dove into different um, online courses and things like that, and um, one day, I was just kind of looking at different options on one of these uh, online education sites, and I saw that they were doing... a a free blockchain course. So I just kind of dove into it really heavy uh, in terms of learning, um, taking lots of different courses and also trying to get a little bit, (coughs) excuse me, into how, how the, how the programming works. What are the, what, what are the technical um, concepts though? That's really deep and I would never say I'm an expert in that, but there's lots of different ways that it, that it, um, is influential right now so there's lots of different ways to get into it but um so i guess in the last maybe year and a half or so i've been kind of going down the rabbit hole as they say that's kind of a typical expression
0: (laughs) yeah so i I know um, all about chasing rabbits down holes like that's how i operate here at Nimbusy too it's like i get fixated on something and then it's like exactly once you find the subreddit for it (laughs) it's all over Right. There's quite a few
2: yeah. on uh, on Reddit. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. Well, thank you, Scott. It's good to have you. We're going to pick that brain of yours coming
2: up. But oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's give uh, Yoko a chance to, to introduce yourself here.
3: Yeah. my uh, So I am Yoko uh, from Questec. I joined this localization industry in 19. 19- Ninety eight or nineteen ninety seven. It's a million years ago. I feel so. Sometimes I can ask to myself why I I can stay in this industry for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the answer is the meet. We can meet people, uh, even online or on site, face to face. And I like technologies and I like uh, learning a new everything. So um, the blockchain is far behind, uh, far, far beyond the technology. So that it's a good opportunity for me to uh, speak about my experiences and, of course, my challenges. And Lulu uh, kind of invited me to this this um, live. So I'm so thrilled to speak about everything.
0: Well, and, and I'm thrilled to have you all. Thank, thank you all for once again for, for joining us here today. So let's, let's dive right into it. And I'll, I'll start by saying, you know, the first thing I want to talk about is What is blockchain, essentially, right? I've had a really hard time finding any material about blockchain. It's hard to find material about blockchain that's both useful as well as understandable, (laughs) comprehensible, right? It's like I, I can find things that are probably very useful, but I'll never be able to understand it. And I can find things out there that I can understand, but it's not very useful. There's a lot of snake oil in this in this vertical right there's a lot of influencers hashtag influencers out there um trying to be experts about blockchain and cryptocurrency and the overlap between those two so who can give me let's not talk about crypto and blockchain yet right because they're related but they're not who can give me a quick elevator pitch on what is blockchain um like what is it how does it work what purpose does it serve and scott i'll just throw that at you probably or, I mean, I know you can answer it, Lucasia, because I've watched your presentation. So I'm going to give it to Scott.
2: <laughs> Go with Scott. Please.
0: You're going to quote somebody, sure. aren't you, LaQuestia?
2: Well, um, first off, um, everybody knows that it's somehow a kind of uh, electronic money or electronic money system. Uh-huh. Uh, that in itself is is not new because we've been using electronic money for many decades now. If you've used a credit card, if you've used home banking, if you've used a debit card, those are all forms of electronic money. So there, that's not the new part. The new part is the inventors of uh, Bitcoin who are anonymous, but there's a lot of people that came before Bitcoin, which is the first um, crypto, so-called cryptocurrency. They wanted to be able to create a kind of electronic money that was not issued by a single um, entity or is not controlled by a single entity. So basically, um, there were many attempts starting in the 90s of creating digital currencies that were so-called decentralized, um, meaning that many uh, computers acting as a network could um, create a monetary system that basically works on its own, that's not controlled by a central bank, that's not controlled by any bank, that's not controlled by a government, etc. And the the big problem in doing that is that you can't have just a single large uh, computer sitting somewhere that knows how, uh, what everybody's balance is or which is the way that uh, a traditional bank would work, for example. A traditional bank might right. have a, a giant uh, warehouse full of computers, and they know what the, what everyone's bank account is. Uh, the people that created Bit- Bitcoin wanted to be able to have a peer-to-peer kind of money system that is decentralized. And so the way that they figured out of how to do that is blockchain the blockchain if you want to think about it as like an it's not an excel file but let's think about it as an excel file so on on the first tab we have let's say three columns one is uh who is sending the money who is receiving the money and how much is being sent okay so um now every 10 minutes we're adding a whole bunch of new lines onto that file a whole bunch of new transactions now, everybody in the world um, that has the the Bitcoin uh, software can see all of the transactions that are happening in real time because it's a peer-to-peer network. Anytime somebody makes a, a transaction, the information about that transaction goes out to the entire network. And so every 10 minutes… Um,
0: and that, that, computer- that information is a block, right? Is that what a block is? when it?
2: Um, no, every 10 minutes, um, (laughs) there's there every 10 minutes. And basically a new block is added. A block is basically a chunk of new transactions. Oh, okay. So let's say that, let's say that every 10 minutes, there's about 2000 more lines that get, that gets added onto that Excel file. Okay. And how do they get added? Well, all the different computers that are playing this, uh, game, which are known popularly as as miners, Bitcoin miners, they're basically playing a game uh, that they're trying to add uh, new um, translation uh, records onto that file, Uh, but they have to pick, their computers have to pick a random number that's extremely difficult to guess. And they have no way of knowing where that random number is going to be every time the game starts again. If they win that game, then they get a little bit of um, financial reward for doing that. And so they can't lie about the, 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 the transactions because everybody in the world that's, that's participating has perfect information about the entire history of the financial system so um, it that's the way that it's structured so that um the monetary system is managed by a decentralized network of thousands of computers potentially millions of computers all over the world instead of a single uh entity and every time that a new block is, is published when one of these uh, computers wins the game, so to speak, mm-hmm. it has a kind of digital fingerprint that's um, produced with a, a cryptographic function, but let's just call it a fingerprint. Sure. Uh, now, when you publish a new block, um, that block has a fingerprint and every, the next additional block has to include that fingerprint within its chunk of data. and so all of these blocks are basically connected by their fingerprints. And what that means is they have to have a perfect match. And and, every that, block and that's and the chain,
0: right? That's, that's where we the get chain the chain part. is because they're connected by these links. Each block links to the next block in the chain.
2: Exactly. So the block is just a chunk of text that has information about all the, the transactions that were included in the last 10 minutes, um, more or less. Uh, the chain part is the fact that they're all hooked together by these digital fingerprints that are impossible to fake. And they're called uh, tamper evident, meaning if anyone tried to change any data within the financial history in the blockchain, it would be immediately evident to everyone that's, that's on the system.
0: Well, so, so- go so... <sighs> This is we're 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 going down that rabbit hole here, and originally I asked for an elevator pitch like seven minutes ago, um, uh-huh, which right. is I, I'm tempted to go down this rabbit hole with you though. Um, but let's I, Lucretia, do you have a? Did do you remember that quote that you used in your other presentation?
1: because um, I do. Okay, let let, let me let me see if I remember. Oh, okay, uh, okay. so uh, this is. Basically, I want to explain it very quickly, that a blockchain is a database, like uh, Scott mentioned. It's like an Excel sheet uh, capable of registering any type of global operation through the Internet between two people without unnecessary intermediaries. Mm. So this is basically, I think, what summarizes the whole idea. Uh, it's a platform of trust.
0: It's banking without banking. Without banks. Without bankers.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. You got it, okay. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to read this quote and I'm going to get to you, Yoko. Don't you worry. I'm going to read this quote that, that Lucretia mentioned from Don and Alex Tapscott, authors of The Blockchain Revolution. And. Of course, I'm. But I'm giving credit to Lucretia, who gave credit to Don and Alex Tapscott. So it says the blockchain is an incorruptible digital ledger of economic transactions that can be programmed to record not just financial transactions but virtually everything of value. Um, I love that for reasons that I'm not going to get into yet because <laughs> I want to go over to Yoko and see if, if she has anything to add here. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, I agree with you, Scott and Ludu. So my understanding, the blockchain is very simple and uh, um, the technology, the core concept of blockchain is share uh, information on cloud and monitor each other to avoid um, the um, the unnecessary modification, et cetera. So it's a secure and uh, yeah, as Lulu mentioned, trustworthy platform.
0: That's what I learned. And so, while while we're here with you, Yoko, maybe tell us a little bit about like what are the practical applications that you've used? Like what kicked off this? Because one day you called up translation back office and said, "What? Like what was the need that you had?" Uh,
3: I'm sorry about the question. Like what was uh-huh.
0: what was your need on for using blockchain or bringing blockchain both, uh, experts into using
3: it. blockchain at, at at Crest tech. tech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult question, tough question. It, that's what I wanted. It's <laughs> okay, very sorry. broad.
0: I'm being very broad <laughs> because if I try to be, if I try to ask too specific of questions, I'm going to sound really stupid. Sure, so. <laughs>
3: sure, sure. Okay, that's uh, for blockchain. As I mentioned, it's a far a uh, kick advanced uh, industry. So um, we uh, always have to learn eager to, or keen on learning about um, the new technology, new concept. So, but for the, the speaking of the uh, cryptocurrency, so um, uh, in Japan, I mean, mean Japan actually. So in Japan, Japanese, um, um, it's a, of course, a currency is a financial field. So uh, uh, the, the financial technical terms are very unique in Japanese, so but uh, because they um, basically established in the uh, late 19s or early 20s uh, with uh, modernization of the uh, financial system or financial market in Japan. So it means we have been using the similar or uh, financial terms for over 100 years or 200. Yeah, it's a long time. That cryptocurrency and blockchain is uh, new technology and a new word. so uh more and more new words are added to this uh, financial field so the translator and we have to learn that new terms plus traditional financial uh, field. that's the, the difficult part for us and for maybe translators
0: let me just play devil's advocate here I'm a client and i i i I need educated right. Because I don't know, can I use the same translators, the same linguists that I would for traditional fintech, you know, financial stuff? Can I use those same guys to translate blockchain content, like heavy blockchain user content? Um, is there an overlap there? Or Maybe this is a Scott question. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. If you're if you're going to look in your 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 vendor management database, you would definitely want to go to the people that have some uh, expertise in either uh, finance. But it, it kind of depends. Finance is a good place to start, but it kind of depends on what the um, what the end client uh, is actually translating. Are right. they translating marketing stuff? Uh, are they translating uh, legal um, notices? Um, I mean, they're there's a kind of a marketing side for a lot of the people that are investing in um you know translation and there's plenty of um you know regulatory um and you know financial lingo as well so it kind of depends on what the actual uh what the actual text is that you're working with but it you know if you're going to start with somebody, you know, probably financial is, is is a good place to start.
0: So there's not like it's too young of an industry to like have a whole ecosystem of expert translators around it. That's, is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I would. At this point, um, you know, um, with a lot <laughs> of you know, translation agencies, obviously, um, you're dealing with people that are kind of generalists. That maybe have some areas that they're more experienced in than others. Um, It's probably a little bit early right now to have you know full blown blockchain specialists out there, but you know within a few years, who knows? Yeah.
0: Well, let's if we can let's pull it back a little bit because I did it. I, I fell into the temptation of talking about the localization industry. But let's step back for a second and talk about, and I'd like to hear from each of you. Where is blockchain? What are the macro changes that are going to be happening? Like, what are the global changes that are happening? The societal changes that um, blockchain is going to be driving? Like, not just the, the localization. So, it's clear. It's clearly embedded with finance, cryptocurrencies, right? And there are those out there that think, you know, this is the future, um, get away with banks altogether and all of that stuff it's it's gotten some footholds into some other industries as well like healthcare, transferring um confidential information stuff like that um i like this quote that i read i'm going to paraphrase here but essentially blockchain is to value what the internet is to information right so the inf- the internet revolutionized the world because it changed the way that and the way that we're able to spread information blockchain is, has the potential to do the same because it can spread information from person to person or spread value from person to person and value the easiest way to think of value is in the form of a currency um but surely there's other other ways to add value as well
2: Sure. Uh, back to the your idea of a, what what's an elevator pitch for this. Um, one of I guess one of the the I guess elevator pitches that you you might come across right now is from a guy named Michael uh, Sailor, who's the CEO of Micro Strategies. He's kind of a Bitcoin guru right now, and over time, his uh, metaphor for Bitcoin. Uh, which is kind of like the premier bit, uh, cryptocurrency is that it's um, it's digital real estate uh, and or it's digital property rights. Um, so the particular the way that Bitcoin is structured means that it has a uh, 21 million Bitcoin uh, cap, meaning that according to the the way it's programmed, it can never have more than 21 billion. Uh, Sorry, 21 million uh, Bitcoins. And so he likens that to uh, he like calling it um, cyber Manhattan. So when you're um, investing in a cryptocurrency, if it's well structured, it's like uh, buying into the ground uh, beneath Manhattan or beneath uh, Miami or some other city. Uh, There can be lots of cryptocurrencies the same way that there can be lots of cities on the planet. And um, the ones that are more uh, valued will have more people building things on top of that land. So um, it's considered a way of um, making a secure and rare uh, form of digital value that exists on the internet in a potentially uh, perpetual way. Uh, And the things that you build on top of that make it possible for users to send to invest their own savings into that value and also be able to send it to other people, uh, buy things, other things with it, invest it, etc. Uh, in the internet. So another way that, peop- that Bitcoin has been described is called the internet of money, which is kind of what you were uh, getting to as well. So um, really the, the idea uh, that many people have recognized is that Uh, the internet has been absorbing many different aspects of human culture uh, and digitalizing many different aspects of human culture. And cryptocurrencies represent the next uh, phase, which is that property rights are going to be encoded into the internet. Uh, And so many of the cryptocurrencies you could say would be, if you wanna use the idea that they're different cities or different bodies of real estate, the vast majority, you could say, would be places that nobody would want to live in or nobody would trust to live in or nobody would want to invest in. But the big ones are places that people would definitely want to invest in. Yeah,
0: I, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to go down the other rabbit hole of like how what does what are the implications for society, for privacy, for, you know, the the right to anonymity um, and, and all of those things, because. We have a question from the audience. (laughs) So let's go on over here. Marcelo Rizzo, how would you use the block? You're going to take us right into localization again, aren't you, Marcelo? (laughs) (sighs) Okay, that's fine. Um, How would you use the blockchain SS part of the loc workflow? What does that mean? Blockchain SS part of the loc workflow. Do we understand this? How would you use blockchain in the the localization workflow? Um, Beyond... uh, Lucasia?
1: Yeah, I, I think like, we have to differentiate like, certain things. Uh, in the short term, I think the most important thing for us is what Scott and Yoko were uh, saying, that basically this is a new subject matter field. And at the beginning, there were no translations for uh, most of the terms. They were still in English. But if we want to reach the mainstream audience, um, we have to start uh, developing new terminology. And I think that's the, the most important thing right now in the short term. And also, not only for the translators and the reviewers to understand the technology and the new terminology and how it works and how to do it, but also um for example um, lsp's owners or uh, managers or business development managers we also have to know about this topic when 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 talking with clients right yeah. uh then we so, have so that's the short term
0: and- like that's just like hey uh, hey y'all you need to know how to speak intelligently yeah. about this at the because you're going to have clients who are asking you about it right and if you mm-hmm. want to add value to your clients then you yeah, at least either A, need to know how to speak intelligently or, or know somebody who does so that you can <laughs> send them to them, right? So that's that's step one. Did I get that right?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Gosh. That's in the, the, in the short term. Um, then we have in the midterm, and this is something that I learned from Scott, actually from his training. Um, we have some translators that are starting to uh, ask us for Payment in cryptocurrencies. So we have to really? uh, change our mindset a little bit here, because this is going to happen eventually. I think uh, we will have to pay with cryptocurrencies, and probably we will get paid with cryptocurrencies also. The thing is that um, we don't know. Like uh, legally, it's different in each country. It's yeah. very, very. Uh, you know, that's not easy. But um, going back a little bit to what you were saying before and the social implications, this is something very interesting. Let's say you have Maria in Canada, who is a housekeeper, and she wants to send money to, I don't know, her mom in the Philippines. And she wants to send $100. If she does this uh, sending a bank transfer, she has to pay between 10 and 20%. Um,
0: it's like, this is something that like everybody in the lok industry who has ever had to pay somebody can it's like oh, like <laughs> they exactly. can feel the headache right like I know mm, those and international imagine, money transfers imagine,
1: yeah. yeah, imagine that. like for this person who uh, probably is struggling financially, she has to send money to her family um saving that amount. Uh, it's very significant, and that's also going to happen with translators. I think, if I'm correct, uh, maybe Scott can correct me, but I think you have to pay around two percent uh, for each transaction, which is no, ten percent of smaller. that no, twenty percent. Yeah, exactly. It's much smaller. And,
0: it's mm-hmm, for a direct. Much smaller. It's smaller than two. I mean, yeah, but. It, it depends, too. So, and this isn't just an international thing, right? Like, I, I'm trying to. I've just been too busy. Sorry, Miss Emily, if you're watching me. But my kid's preschool teacher has asked for help setting up a way for for them to accept payments online from, from the parents, from me, from other parents, right? And so, yeah, sure, I can help you with that. I did it for NIMSY. I did it for Multilingual. But like for Nimsy multilingual, I just don't care. Like I'll eat the 2% for the credit card fees, right? Or for the debit card to be able to accept these different things. And, but for small business owners, like really small business owners, that's a lot of money, right? And it's like, if the option is, so like at Nimsy, I care about brand perception i care about user experience i care about all of these things you know preschool teachers don't right they're like i've got your kids and oh you have to write me a check and it's painful for you why give me my money right i mean they can they don't say that but how better of a world would we live in is if all of that went away you know all of the reasons for causing unnecessary um inefficiencies just just went away and I, I, based upon what i've been looking at a blockchain it looks like the potential to do that rebuttal i see scott thinking
2: well um i mean the <laughs> the big test case right now is uh el salvador just a month ago el salvador uh was the first country in history to accept uh bitcoin as a national currency uh, and they also rolled out. <clears throat> they rolled out a um, custom-built um, Bitcoin wallet that's specifically meant to facilitate the kind of situation that Lucrecia was talking about, uh, which is um, you know person-to-person payments. Uh, the the president of um, El Salvador. Uh, came out with an estimate that he thinks that uh, El Salvadorians will be able to save four hundred million dollars a year on what would have gone to western Union fees um, originating from remittances from family members abroad yep so uh, geopolitically socially that's a a, a huge uh, experiment or step that's going on right now I mean we uh, we have uh, a country that's, you know, fully bought into Bitcoin at this point. So that's that's a um, that's a big one. Um, I, I so didn't I didn't know about in it. A niche at that point. Yeah.
0: Thank no. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I, I I'm a newbie. I did not know about that, but I damn well better believe I'm googling that tonight because it sounds interesting.
2: Sure. Uh, U.S. Bank today just uh, announced that they're going to start using uh, Bitcoin and, and crypto uh capabilities uh in their investment um branches interesting so there's a lot of people that are starting to get on it right now
0: and yoko what, what any input from you about how would you use blockchain as part of the localization workflow um, you touched upon that a little bit earlier um kind of saying like "eh, it's not really there yet but anything to
3: add uh yes on I mean once again i'm based in japan so i can uh, talk about a little bit about the japan market in blockchain industry so um many uh, many japanese uh crypto uh companies are available and of course the users are but we have one bunch of you uh, are crypto users so but majority of users um uh well, the majority of users are using use it, uh the japanese companies one, just because Japanese people tend to like the, well, Japanese product. And also uh, as they like to have, um, to have a sense of confidence through the quality of product service and uh, through uh, the product except and through the uh, the written text. So if if, he, if they feel, um, this Japanese is a translated version of something, so they don't want to use it so that from the localization point of view we uh, have to um p- produce the um the market uh suitable translation not for the not maybe sometimes we uh, the, the the transcreation is required to uh, to meet a certain level of the uh customers but so um that's what i learn, um and it's it's always happening in japan actually
0: what's that always happening specifically oh,
3: that <laughs>
0: oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we could talk about japanese quality but that's we, we would get off topic there no but japanese it's always interesting like to me Yeah, like someone in Japan is the perfect person to ask about linguistic challenges in regards to emerging technologies, right? Mm -hmm. Because Japan is a market that is full of early adopters, relatively speaking, right? But full of early adopters um, of new technologies. And it's just a challenging market for it's not a welcoming market for translations, Right for for localization, it's you know you 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 do your power poses before you go into the Japanese market, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it, it's it actually provides a pretty good case study, I'd I'd say.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I of course I cannot um, stand that I so, uh, generalized about Japanese market, but um. Uh, I, y- and nor should <laughs> nor should I, but I just did.
0: So apologies if I caused offense. <laughs>
3: yeah but it's challenging especially for this financial is nobody want to lose their money so uh, it's blockchain crypto. something is yeah more uh, required more and more and quality or, or confidence on the localization that takes
0: we talked a lot about no well, i don't know if we talked a lot about but you know i think scott you used the word intermediaries right and or maybe it was lucrezia um removing the intermediary. So traditionally, if I need to send money, then I need a trusted intermediary. And it goes to a bank who everybody trusts. That bank manages the dispersal accordingly. Um, And what we're talking about now is just me being able to send money wherever I want. And this leads, if I'm in the localization industry, and I'm, I'm reading about this, and I'm understanding it, my immediately thought goes to how does this affect the LSP, the language service provider? Because we are intermediaries of value ourselves, right? We don't create translations. We manage it. And that's how we add our value. It's an, it's a value added service, right? By managing the translation process. Unless of course the LSP like has in-house translators, there's different models of course, right? But will this lead to, a, a world where the LSP isn't needed, where the client can just create requests and it goes back to, no? Why, why, why not?
1: I think that's, um, so we talked about the short-term implications and the mid-term implications. And then this is exactly, um, I think more about long-term implications of blockchain. There are a few platforms, very, very few platforms, um, that are starting to experiment with uh, this technology and the translation industry. But this is something that we were um, discussing with Scott a week ago. Uh, There is no real need, I think, nowadays, for us to use this technology. if we think about removing unnecessary intermediaries, um, we can. I, I, I'm reading your book, uh, Tucker oh. about uh, the uh, what's the name? The translation company. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do we add value Famous as <laughs> that one? <laughs> as as LSP, basically we orchestrate everything. So we have to find the right. Translators, how do you find the right translators, the right reviewers, how do you train them, um, who will uh, manage the project? That's why we are here for. So I think for now, there is no need for us to use this technology as, um, as a platform for doing translations. That's my two cents.
0: You stole my, my, my final question that I had prepared. That was going to be my final question, but you stole it. So good for you. Scott, I saw you wanted to say something. It looked like it.
2: Um, Well, kind of going back to the question from uh, one of the viewers, uh, I I think a lot of people, uh, you know, want to think how, how does the technology apply to, to the translation industry? Uh, And, um, uh, just to kind of keep in mind, the actual technology that runs the blockchain in a, in a situation like a cryptocurrency is uh, way overcomplicated for like any actual workflow that you would want to try to accomplish in the in the translation field. Um, it the 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 complexity and the scale of the computer networks uh, that are uh, running to basically secure and create the Bitcoin network or the ethereum network for example they're so so complex and so large but it's it's solving a different uh, problem altogether uh, the the kind so the the reality of those new uh, entities uh, decentralized monetary uh, systems that will I think affect us in in terms of uh, the the demand for payments or the need to make payments or the need to consider taking payments in those um, currencies and the kind of den- dynamics that will come from that with demand from translators. But the actual technology of blockchain itself is you could, I, I would say that it's way overcomplicated for actually doing translation work. Um, I mean, the kinds of platforms that we have, which are, we would call you know, centralized uh, platforms, um, online cat tools. Um, I mean, I think that those are entirely uh, sufficient for translating, you know, millions of words at a time uh, without the need for a huge global network of decentralized computers. So part of the snake oil that you were referring to in the intro uh, started coming up about five years ago where uh, blockchain, blockchain is, a, is a massive hype word and everybody somehow thinks that it's a technology that they have to use or that they have to apply to the way they work. Uh, and um, it's good to remember that blockchain is about um, immutability or keeping a record of, things, of something that is so important they can never change. Now, what, uh, what do we have in the translation industry that we can never allow to change. Uh, Not a lot, really. I mean, we have um, translation memories, but even translation memories don't last forever and nobody wants them to last forever. A few years go by and you might uh, look at something that people did a few years ago and you think, well, we need to do this differently or the client has new set of uh, terms now. So um, the idea of a, 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 a immutable, unchangeable record that has to last forever is not really something that we want or that we need either. Yeah. So um, the, the, the effects of it, we are going to feel, and there could be lots of technological uh, bells and whistles that get integrated into um, cat, online cat tools or, or different things like that that we could go into but the blockchain by itself is, is a totally different animal, and it's not something that we yeah. need to think that we need to get into our, our workflows per se.
0: So if you have a boss uh, who told you one day, well, listened to a podcast and came into work and said, I want you to go implement blockchains, uh, is, then you can the, the appropriate answer is, yeah, that's not really how it works, <laughs> right? You, you don't just – it's not – yeah it's more of a and the way i see it it's more of a back-end thing right it's it's not it's not something that i think it's something that's going to change the way that we work as a society but not in many noticeable ways right because the ui wrappers that sit on top of whatever that we're using um like we're not even going to notice the difference. Right? We'll notice faster transaction speeds. We'll we'll notice more transparency in data. We'll notice all of those things. But you know, us humans, in, in my by my estimation, we have a way of just taking that kind of stuff for granted and not noticing it, <laughs> anyways. But I I want to take this opportunity though to um we're we're coming up on it here uh ten minutes. I told these folks we'd get out of here and we'd do this in an hour. But if you're watching this, we've had we've had you know solid set. we don't. Have, not breaking a hundred on this one but we've had 17 people joining us <laughs> and staying with us which I'd rather have 17 people join uh, an episode like this and stay for the whole thing than have a hundred join and end up with 17 so kudos thank you to you guys for joining but now's your last chance if you have any questions or, or comments to go ahead and drop those in the comment section here on LinkedIn or whatever platform you are on. And with that, um, I'll start wrapping it up here. We'll give people a chance to put any last comments in here. But we'll move on to Tux takeaways here because I've got my key things here in case it's helpful to others. So Tux takeaway number one for, for blockchain technology. So Bitcoin, and we didn't even talk about this. Gosh darn it. You can tell I wrote these takeaways before beforehand. I normally write them during, but. This is, this is too much. So Bitcoin is not blockchain. Blockchain is the underlying technology that allows bi- Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to exist. However, it's only one application of blockchain. So we, we did kind of get into that a little bit. And I'll give you guys a chance for, for rebuttals here. Um, takeaway number two, blockchain removes the need for trusted intermediaries and the time needed to go through these intermediaries. Blockchain is to value as the internet is to information. I think we've said this in a number of different ways um throughout this but essentially it's taking out the middleman it's taking out the the need to have a trusted authority standing between you and the the person that you're trying to transact with and lastly here what do we got Takeaway number three, whether or not we are using blockchain in our localization workflows, we still need to be able to understand it and speak intelligently in order to better serve our customers. And that dovetails nicely to what what we all were just talking about. It's like even if you don't need to use it, you need to at least be able to to say something about this. It's like I don't know. I'll I'll use this as an – you don't even need to know about it. You just need to know what to say, right? Like I use this all the time. I don't know much like China, China, China is just because this is our APAC show here. China, love you. You're complex, right? You're complex for a stupid American like me. So I don't understand China as well as I should, considering that I'm in the localization industry, right? So I don't have to go learn everything about China. I just need to know to know. I don't know enough about China, but let me introduce you to someone that does. And having you guys on the show. I've got three more people I can introduce if someone wants to come talk about blockchain with me. I'm like, you know, I don't know about blockchain, but let me send you some emails. <laughs> so, And
1: this is also how you learn, right? Yeah. Um, uh, like this, sharing, and uh, that's basically why we are here. Like, I've learned almost everything I know from Scott. And I think this is, Uh, Going back a little bit to Bitcoin that we didn't talk about that much. I think uh, that's not really important. I don't think this is about money. This is about going back a little bit again to this is a platform of trust. And we have no idea how this technology is going to change things. Maybe Bitcoin will not work. Maybe cryptocurrencies will not work. We we have no idea what's going to happen. But definitely, I think this is going to change things as we know it.
0: In in a way, it's almost sad. And for the record, guys, like (laughs) I don't need to go anywhere. So I don't have to get out of here. But I want to be respectful of your time. So if we can go, if you want to go over time, we can. Um, And we have another question here. So we probably will. Let's just get into that. Let's see what we have to say over here. Nick Lambson, blockchain's only application is money and all money is in competition with other money. It's Bitcoin or nothing in my perspective. Hello from China. (laughs) Thank you for that well-rounded and unbiased opinion about obviously someone's invest. By the way, um, this is nothing that we say here should be construed as financial advice. (laughs) I was told to say that by Scott. So I'm saying that right now we are not offering any financial advice. We hardly know what we're talking about on things that we do know that we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, there's a, not so much a question, but there's an opinion on, on Bitcoin. But, yeah, what I was saying is it's almost a shame that Bitcoin and blockchain have gotten so wrapped up together because people think of them as the same thing and you know going back to the, the snake oil salesman that i was talking about earlier it's like i don't think there's blockchain snake oil salesmen i think there's a lot of cryptocurrency snake oil salesmen so like before we were doing this and i was just trying to learn a little bit about blockchain i lumped them together in the same in the same in the same business and now i'm sorry that i did i see we have one other comment no wow no getting them in. Which terminology... And this is from... Let's go over here. <laughs> Myra... Maria Pinero. Oh, Maria Pinero. Um, which terminology tools would help translators keep track of this constant flow of neologisms? Well, wow, someone smarter than me needs to answer this. I don't know what a neologism is.
2: It means a new word.
0: Then say new word, Maria. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, just
2: kidding. Just uh, Google Google um, cryptocurrency slang.
0: Cryptocurrency slang,
2: or or, or Bitcoin slang, or or uh, I mean, it depends on depends on how deep you want to get into it. If you want to be uh, familiar enough to speak about uh, you know the trends or the new words or whatever. You know, you can go on to forums, you can go on to Reddit and follow the forums. You learn a lot there. Otherwise, if you're just trying to do, you know, a quick, quick and dirty, uh, you know, um, uh, study session, just Google, Google uh, cryptocurrency slang or Bitcoin slang. Um, there, there's 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 lots of people that have already kind of made kind of cheat sheets that are that are online for, for these kind of things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tucker, going back to, uh, again to one of the other questions about how this is going to affect uh, sure. you know, our industry. Um, uh, one of the, the big trends, the global trends, that might be interesting for your upcoming show on Africa as well is, is just the story of cryptocurrency in Africa. Uh, one of the big um, uh, elevator pitches uh, for cryptocurrency in general is that it's going to help bank the unbanked. What does that mean? Is it's, uh, The idea is that it's going to give um, the ability to save and the ability to um, make uh, transactions for millions of people, potentially billions of people that don't have access to regular bank accounts. And uh, that idea is happening in El Salvador, like in, in lots of places in, in Latin America, and it's happening according to all accounts in africa on a very large scale uh, so africa leapfrogged uh traditional uh tele- telephony traditional uh telephone infrastructure uh massively and they just leap leapfrogged directly into mobile technology in a big way over the last couple detail uh, uh decades and they've been uh, innovating a lot with mobile technology uh, now they're starting to do the same thing with, uh, with different cryptocurrency networks and their um, regular people are investing into it and they are actually becoming uh, banked through cryptocurrency, uh, whereas they were traditionally what you would call unbanked. So that's happening in a big way in Africa. Uh, and that could mean that in maybe in the next generation, in the next decade, you would see a lot of people, uh, individuals that want to become uh, language service providers, uh, translators in their own local languages, people that have never been in it before, possibly because they don't have access to uh, a bank account or the same kind of financial tools that we we take for granted. Uh, And so you could start seeing a lot more activity in language pairs and language services in Africa that haven't really been part of the mix uh, so so far. And you're going to have a lot of motivated people that are willing and uh, interested in working with cryptocurrencies to be part of the global economy for the first time.
0: That's a huge thing. I'm just thinking back on how many times I've worked my butt off to find that translator for that language that i can't pronounce you know the one that you've never heard of and then you finally find them and they say oh i can't accept bank transfers i need like this one system like they only use like this one thing that you can't get your finance department to sign off on and all that stuff um so i mean that can be huge just opening up markets
2: um, well, Africa, I mean, if you want to put a single word on it, uh, that dynamic is going to blow up in a big way in Africa. But uh, to go to to your example, again, about trying to find that difficult language, uh, there could be millions of translators all over the world that have that language that you want, that they could never have all of the different uh, um, bank, uh, bank tools and financial yep. tools. Uh, and now... Uh, you're going to be able to have a peer to peer payment method to be able to work directly with those translators, so it could really change the way that vendor management uh works yeah
0: so many so many applications yoko i have i've, I've been i've been doing a horrible job i haven 't been calling on you
3: yeah, thank you yeah my um understanding is the um not only for tech company but also the blockchain crypt uh, companies uh, uh, required a uh, request as to becoming more agile agile translation agile workflow and of course they uh, they are keen on the, uh, the business agility so as an LSP I, I um. I have a feeling that we will have to be more flexible to adapt their business to help their businesses. That's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling right now. Makes
2: sense.
0: And I just gotta say, Yoko, that was the first time I was looking at it. I love your art in the background. That oh, is, yeah,
3: thank you. I is, need coffee. your coffee.
0: That is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, though, you know, I was bragging about our 17 fans that had been with us the whole time. Now we're down to 13. So I can take a hint here. I'll start playing us out. Um, guys, this this is awesome, Lucrezia. Thank you so much for making this happen. This didn't happen because of me. This happened because of Lucrezia. I I think I don't remember if you pinged me or I pinged you, but she's the one that did all the work. So, gracias. Thank you very much. Um, joining us from thank Ho Chi Minh you. City in Vietnam, yes. and Vietnam. Scott, thank you for joining us from Argent. You're in, in Argentina now, right?
2: That's
0: correct. I- I've got to ask though, what state are you from up here?
2: Uh, from Portland, Oregon.
0: Damn straight. All right. I was like, this guy does not. I mean, Scott Jackson. He's got to be one of mine up here. So welcome. Are you in Rosario or Buenos Aires?
2: No, I'm in Cordoba. Nice,
0: nice, very cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. No, thank and,
2: you very much for having us. My pleasure.
0: And Yoko, to you as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, thank you. And all of the value that you guys added. So with that i have a, i have i'm sure an outro here that i can find give me a sec here ladies and gentlemen we're out of time today so if you liked or if you enjoyed the nifty live experience then join us next time i'm going to be talking on tuesday october 26th it looks like with miguel simulveda miguel is the master mind behind yo locally um that's i'm not going to spell it for you um Google it. Um Y O I am gonna spell it for you. Yo localizeo dot and he's also the localization director at King, um the mobile apps, um mobile gaming organization as well as a consultant here at NIMSY Insights and he's always here and now my music's going to go out. He's always here to help our clients with the expert advice that they need before looking at things. So that is going to be happening on October 26th. The event in LinkedIn is live so you can go over there right now and sign up so that you'll be notified when we go live on that one. So once again, finally, my name is Tucker Johnson. I am the host of Nimzy Live. It's been my pleasure to join all of you today. I appreciate our guests, Lucricia, Scott, Yoko. I appreciate uh, the, our operator. We don't have an operator today, so that would be me. And I appreciate everybody in our industry that contributes to the, research, the ongoing research that we do here at Nimzy and other organizations doing industry research for the betterment of the localization industry as a whole. And lastly, I appreciate you, all ten of you. You hung in there with us. I appreciate all ten of you, and I appreciate the other seven as well. But especially you guys, don't tell them I said that. So with that, I will bid you adieu, and we'll see you next time.